Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. If you're not excited for the NFL being back for the preseason, for the data points, peeking through keyholes, and for what we have going forward over the next three to four weeks headed towards week one, I don't know. You got to check your pulse. You got to check to see if uh, your heart is actually beating and in your chest because there's plenty to take away. I came up with 20, 30, 40 takeaways. Please listen to, to UTH Film Notes. Got four installments separating the games so that they're out in a timely fashion on a weekly basis and coming out of preseason week one here on the premium side. So can't encourage you enough to check out those premium shows. Again, it distills down, as I say, uh, on the description, every single one, distilling every play of every game. I watch it so you don't have to. And some games in two, three minutes, you get a great sense of what you need to know as a dynasty owner. So it's invaluable valuable honestly in season i do a lot of great stuff but i'll just say i think the thing that adds the most value to you the listener the dynasty gm that's looking to dominate their leagues it is distilling it down because sunday thursday monday you're gonna miss stuff and knowing what you need to know for as a dynasty owner that's the important part it's not who ran for two yards it's the rotations it's who's rising who's falling and who may be performing below or ahead of what the box score looks like because that may be the thing or 10 fantasy points 20 fantasy points three fantasy points you need to know how that occurred and should i be paying attention to it and reacting to it in a traditional fashion or in a different fashion going beyond the box score is what you need all right so that is essentially what this 12 pack i came up with 12 takeaways to include in this show like i said there's dozens more that are a part of the film notes package here from week one and again sign up uh, over there at UTH dynasty to get all of it here we go number one Jameis winston coming out of week one the Saints were straight fire. They went right down the field. Derek Carr looked fantastic. They were playing their starters. But it was Jameis Winston on a couple different fronts. A, I think he looks trimmed down. I, I think personally, and I, I put this uh, this dialogue into the film note show, he looks like the type that looked around the NFL and said, quarterbacks are getting more mobile. I'm slow. You remember back from the Tampa days when it took them nine seconds to gain four yards on a scramble, breaking a tackle, spinning away, doing all this stuff, but at half speed, it worked. He might have been the luckiest quarterback ever, or he might have uh, eyes in the back of his head, but he's trimmed down. He looks svelte, and I think he's got huge, massive upside. I can say it now because Jordan McNamara and I got him uh, for dirt cheap at the end of our studs and duds theory and studs and a team build for a dynasty auction startup. So I can say it now because we got Winston on the back end of our bench there, but I think he could be, I think he has more upside than the starter there with the saints in Derek Carr. They both look, both look good, but Jameis Winston, I like Jake Hayner too. 
But Winston, the primary backup here, if Carr goes down, watch out. So pretty excited about him on the rehab tour from a former starter, former fantasy maven. Yeah, you got all the interceptions. You got the 30-30 club. We get all that. But he fills the box score. And you know what? That also includes the good way. And with these weapons, I think it is absolutely in play. Number two, also at the quarterback uh, position here, we've got Trey Lance versus Sam Darnold. I, I will also hearken back here to Michael Lombardi. I heard him on Sunday, and this was after I had watched the game. He said it very succinctly, which is, there's no chance Trey Lance is going to be the backup here with San Francisco. If this is a legit competition, if they're looking at the actual play and data points, that it's Sam Darnold over Trey Lance hand over fist. I'm, I'm dialoguing and uh, uh, editorializing this, but I, I took away the same thing. If you had said one of these guys is about out of the league and looking for a final chance, and one of these guys is early on in a rookie deal and uh, you know was a, oh, was a top five pick, you would flip-flop these, these players. Darnold looks like he can run the offense. He was in it far less than, than Trey Lance here. So uh, Trey Lance, he's double-clutching. He's triple-clutching. Even his touchdown was a ricochet essentially off of a horrible throw it got deflected. It goes into the hands of his target uh, on the opposite, you know, just careening sideways in the end zone. Again, Trey Lance, you just, when you, when you get it, you get it. And you know what? When you don't, it's pretty clear. He tantalizes you with a throw now and again, but man, the sacks, the holding the ball, not getting the offense. It's just not clicking. It just isn't. Sam Darnold, if Brock Purdy goes out this year, is going to be a thing. I'm here for it. Winston, Darnold, Let's ride, <laughs> to, to quote uh, Russell Wilson here. Number three, moving on to running back. We've got a few running back points here, and it was coming out of Baltimore. Justice Hill with the start. Gus Edwards was after that. So, yeah, Edwards a little dinged up, and maybe it's practice reps, whatever. But if you're looking at, just to quote Ryan, uh, UTH uh, contributor here, if, if Baltimore is trying to create a hot rod offense – I think Justice Hill fits better than Gus Edwards. If you'll remember years back, it's it's been a long journey from this moment, but Gus Justice Hill, really good in the projection model. And for a guy that's subsized around 200 pounds, he's got the Zuzu, he's got the juice. He's just been injured a lot. And this is the perfect offense. I, I don't think the last one was in Baltimore. I think this one is. And J.K. Dobbins, not a happy camper. That's saying it lightly. Don't know where this story leads. You know, the hold in or the I'm hurt or he doesn't really have many options. But who knows how the season goes. But Justice Hill, ahead of Gus Edwards, frankly, could be a better fit for this offense. Pretty excited about that. Number four, Roshan Johnson buried as the running back four in Chicago. That was behind Tristan Ebner. So that was the surprising part. You figured it'd be a three-headed committee or pretty ambiguous. No, no, no. It is Khalil Herbert in the running back one spot. And you got Deonta Foreman in the running back two spot. Roshan Johnson already out in the running back four spot. I will say, liked what I saw. Big back, can move a little bit. And, and so that prototypical element, he's really the running back three. Ebner, I'm not really reacting to that. But I think for all the folks that drafted him in the early part of the second round, yes, it's rich for a day three guy. That's why you don't do it. But um, I, I like the trajectory he could be on. But it's a little disheartening when you spend that high of a pick and he's not even the primary backup or projecting that way headed towards week one of his rookie season. Number five, Indianapolis Colts run game. Anthony Richardson in the game. He didn't even run that much. He is going to open things up. 
Um, I mean, it's going to be jaw-dropping if Jonathan Taylor's in there, and it's trending towards Taylor's going to be back. It's a bunch of sound and fury signifying nothing, and he's under contract. There's not really anything to do from Jonathan Taylor's perspective, but with no Taylor, didn't even matter. Didn't even matter. You had Deion Jackson and Evan Hull looking like NFL starters in this offense with Richardson. They were pounding the ball down the field. I'm really excited about Evan Hull. You know, a guy that I liked his comparable prospects. I liked his profile. I thought people were sleeping on him. And he went a little higher in the draft than I think a lot of people could quote right now if you were guessing, playing the guess at home game. And so I think he can beat out uh, Deion Jackson for that number two role. I think he, he can be in that bird dog seat behind Jonathan Taylor. And I think Anthony Richardson, when they start pulling out some of these Philly concepts and when Richardson really starts to stress the defense, these gaping holes are going to be magic elixir for this run game, for a Jonathan Taylor bounce back. If that's Evan Hull benefiting because Taylor's out, whatever it is, I'm here for it. That's number five, the Colts run game. Number six here in the first half of the 12-pack, the Daneric Prince. Overall, not impressive at all. Yes, first effort, and yes, we give guys passes. He could be getting up to speed. His mind could be spinning. But this is a guy that ran 4-4-1, a guy that really looked like on paper – a clone to Isaiah Pacheco. But you know what? The huge difference is Prince runs like a pauper and Pacheco runs like it might be his last carry in the NFL, his last day in the sun. And if he he breaks his shoulder, if he runs into a, a guy's helmet with his knee, he doesn't care about any of that. He is going to soak up the opportunity one more day in the show, Isaiah Pacheco. Now, that may lead to a shortened, seat, uh, a shortened career, uh, a, a, a light that shined bright, and uh, ended up extinguishing quickly. But Daneric Prince, you got to step up, man. Like you're behind McKinnon. You're behind uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're behind a healthy Pacheco. You've got to try to make this team. And on paper, like a 90% athleticism score guy, could have fooled me. Watch the game. You look like you, you could have been a, a 42% uh, athleticism score guy. So very uh, not impressive from Daneric Prince coming out of week one in his debut. I want to take a minute to tell you about the content over at patreon.com slash UTH. Exclusive content you can't find anywhere else, even at UTH Dynasty proper. And the biggest thing is the VIP chat. You sign up as an all pro and you're going to get access to a thriving with dozens upon dozens of the best dynasty owners on the planet. I'm in there ask, uh, answering questions. And on a weekly basis, you get a special show just for you as VIPs. It's a strategy session. Uh, a lot of those are going to be live calls on Tuesday night when we get there in season. And it's a chance for you to ask questions. It's a chance now that there's VIP topic thread on GroupMe in that special chat that you can submit questions. I'll record shows on them. Of course, if you got a startup draft, you got a trading question, you got a waiver wire bidding question, all these types of things uh, are going on in the chat as we get closer and closer to the season. There's been so much hands-on help with people that are in startup drafts. You're not going to want to miss this. Some of the content you get out there as a patron as well over at patreon.com slash UTH. Uh, in the last week alone, a VIP strategy session assessing the 2024 rookie class. So you get a good broad overview if you're trading picks or acquiring them, some of the names and some of the profiles and how they stand before potentially their final college season. Another one, how to fix a lone glaring weakness on your roster. I give three or four tips 
tips and methods for how to do that. If you just have a tough time in your league, everyone's playing hardball because you're one of the good teams. Um, also, talking with Tim Torch on a weekly basis, we talked about we did actually did a backup running back draft uh, this past week. Uh, we also had our segments on favorite players to watch and uh, what buried running backs do we like the most with their profiles. Um, I also share for about 30 minutes a story of collusion in one of my leagues. Um, so just to give a first uh, world, uh, firsthand perspective on that as a commissioner, but also all the details of what was going down in one of our leagues. Uh, really sorry to say and trying to move past it, but first time I've ever seen it with actual proof. And then also do uh, short shows, and it's going to be a, a, a pinnacle element in season, five instructive dynasty trades where you get a sense of the market, some moves to make as a buyer, as a seller. Let's get back to our list now of the top 12 takeaways out of week one of the NFL preseason. Number seven, Dwayne McBride down uh, there with that depth chart in Minnesota. We knew it was a crowded one. Ty Chandler with uh, um, with Kenny Wangwu out and with Alexander Madison also out. Uh, it was the Ty Tan- Chandler show. Dwayne McBride looked like he was competing with Abram Smith who was just getting a cup of coffee, might have been out of the NFL. Now he's there rubbing shoulders with a, a Dwayne McBride. A lot of people drafting him in the third round of rookie drafts. Guy's a spin move guy, not a really a power guy. Man, came away very depressed, not impressed with Dwayne McBride with his debut in week one. Number eight, Pierre Strong versus Kevin Harris in New England. Pierre Strong is another guy. Uh, I mentioned Deneric Prince, but Pierre Strong, 4-3 What? Like he has not shown yet last year, now in the preseason. I don't see this level of athleticism. He's a tweener sized guy. Kevin Harris just puts it in there. He's a powerful back. I think Harris is the guy you want if uh, Ramondre Stevenson is out, not Pierre Strong. Even if Pierre Strong technically was ahead of him on the depth chart this week, um, I just can't see that guy being the feature back in this offense. So J.J. Taylor, we know what he is. He can actually provide some value, but Kevin Harris could be the guy that toasts the mail. We'll see if the Patriots sign somebody, but I say Harris up, Pierre Strong down after this week in terms of data points. Number nine, Rashad Penny playing deep into the game. I mean, the Eagles running back core, this is an interesting story to track as we go through maybe the whole season. Uh, Penny was playing deep into the game. You had Kenneth Gainwell being treated like the starter. You had Boston Scott also being off the new guys, but with the guys with pedigree, Penny, uh, DeAndre Swift got the start. Those two guys were playing. So Penny still has pretty good Vegas odds, the over-under for his rushing yards, but man, Would you be at all surprised if Penny gets cut or something like that? If they don't keep four running backs, I mean, Boston Scott, you figure he would be the odd man out, but he got veteran off for for week one of the preseason. Baffling stuff. Who knows? They might shake up the boggle container next week, and all of a sudden, it's like Penny is, you know, veteran rest. You know, Gainwell's playing. uh, Swift is playing. Scott's off again. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm here for it. I think ultimately the answer is going to be none of the above tough to trust, and you got the mobile quarterback, so maybe uh, receiving-wise, it doesn't matter all that much, and Gainwell's going to be that guy. So I I really don't think this is going to be as fruitful as a lot of people have their pie in the sky with upside, but I'm here for the storylines and it, it becomes even more fascinating coming out of week one of the preseason. Number 10, Tajay Spears rising in Tennessee. He's about even with Hassan Haskins, but Spears rising in, in, in prominence there and rising faster than some of these other rookies. My one question though is, 
I think he's a tweener size. I wonder if he's a less explosive Jerick McKinnon in Minnesota. And if you'll remember, kind of teased us. Never really got home. They always wanted to have a bigger back with them. Maybe Hassan Haskins is a new Matt Asiata in terms of just keeping Spears at bay if uh, Derrick Henry ends up being out in a future week. But it's a good showing for Spears. He showed some juice a little bit, but I want folks to remember, he's not some freak. He actually underachieved with some of his testing during the pre-draft process, and he's not some 4-3-9 guy that's just going to blaze. He's more of a, you know, just good athlete, decent athlete for his size, not an overtly special one. So just keep that in mind, but it's good to see him popping off with a few runs and being right there with Haskins, who was early day three last year with his debut uh, here in Tennessee. Number 11, veteran alert here, but it's Michael Thomas, healthy, vibrant, playing 100% of the snaps and, 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 and routes and everything with Chris Olave right there side by side with Derek Carr on that long opening drive. Michael Thomas healthy, man, what that could unlock for a Michael Thomas owners, B the saints offense. I'm here for it. You know that I hope he can stay healthy for most of the year. I know it's been a while, but he has been a dominant player. Even his partial year last year steps right back onto the field. He's an instant auto start fantasy option. And I think we're on that track. Even with Chris Olave having a otherworldly efficient rookie season last year, Michael Thomas is still one that can eat and really eat up those targets and production within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. You saw him with an intermediate play in this game. So Michael Thomas, healthy, man, that could unlock some things for the Saints, but also unlock things for Dynasty owners this year. Finally, number 12, we're staying with the Saints. Juwan Johnson, looking good. I mean, if you squint and take off the jerseys, Derek Carr to Juwan Johnson looked a lot like Carr to Waller. And I'm here for it. I'm not going to call Juwan Johnson Waller. I'm going to call him Baby Waller or just a baller. How about that? And uh, man, look good. And there was a little bit of concern. Is he going to be playing over Foster Moreau, who's healthy? And frankly, we didn't know if he was going to be in the NFL this year, but not a challenger to Juwan Johnson at present. So really looking forward to Derek Carr or Jameis Winston for some games this year, paired with Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, and Juwan Johnson. I'm here for all of it. All right, that's going to do it in this action-packed show. Reminder about UTHDynasty.com. Updating rankings, updating the running back injury away matrix. You're going to want that uh, really you know, in your radius of consciousness. It's updated by Monday. Then you get a midweek update, a late week update as applicable. You always have pickups. You always have options to stash running backs and to optimize your bench. You're going to get that through the injury away matrix every single week in season. And frankly, it's updated multiple times a week starting in August here. You're going to get the trade calculator trial when you sign up for GM plus all those premium shows. And again, if you just want to dabble, you maybe want to sign up for a month, try out the VIP chat, try out all the content. Content. It's over at patreon.com slash UTH. Thanks so much for listening this week. Let's go get it uh, for week two, week three of the, the preseason as well. We're getting data points. You may not be watching in the third and fourth quarter, but there are dynasty nuggets to glean throughout these games. You just got to look for them. You just got to track it. And frankly, you just got to listen to UTH film those to save you oodles of time every week. I'm Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.